0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host Matt Michaels.
1: Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW here in Las Vegas, the future stars of wrestling owner and creator Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing today?
0: Ah, oh, doing wonderful. I'm I'm looking at the date and realizing that in 30 days we have an extremely uh, long weekend Go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing that um, that little cushion of I think about three weeks or so since or maybe even four since the announcement uh, officially that SummerSlams uh, going to be that weekend in August just seems like that just flew out the door and now stuff's getting real Um, how how is it for you right now in making sure that all your uh, details are in place Uh, are you still figuring out if you're going to go to a bigger venue for uh, any of your shows uh, that weekend Um, and are You know, matches being made. How is that process working for uh, you right now in those basic bare bones of having everything in place for that weekend so you can start creating what's going to actually happen?
0: Well, it looks like the plan really is to uh, do everything out of the FSW arena. It, It obviously saves on cost. With so many shows going on, I just don't see any shows doing five, six, 700 people, you know, people are be scattered all over the place because of the time, the timing of things, you know, our first focus is FSW versus GCW. That that that's our number one, you know, thought process, you know, and then we have between the natural born killers and the women's show, But then there's also gonna be this collaboration show with No Peace Underground and I believe Paradigm that we're still kind of finalizing and stuff, you know? And, you know, yesterday I talked with Brett at GCW uh, to get the Fight TV link set up because they have a a, a much bigger reach than us. So yeah, we promote it, but we need them to get behind it. We've done a lot of the early work of selling the tickets you know yesterday i was in the facility recounting everything seeing what we could move around and i think we can add a few more second row i'm not sure about first but we are sold out of first row and we are sold out of second row so now it's trying to get everything in check for natural born killers because that's the first show for us it's friday night at 11 p.m and you know i can look at my list of guys that we have and you know Tito Nito's been hurt, but he's looking to come back in a couple weeks. So he believes he's good. You know, Graves will be there. Cal Jack will be there. Tom Lawler's going to be there. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked with, you know, guys like Ryan Walker who worked the show with Dave Mazzani. Uh, he's a better tour guy. He's going to be there. Dave Mazzani obviously will be there. Uh, Gina moved away, so she won't be there. She's been, you know, the women fighter that's been on, you know, the two that we had prior. Right. So, you know, we're just trying to get things in place. You know, we got a a surprise returnee uh, that's coming back uh, just for natural born killers that we're excited about. You know, TJP is always in the mix uh, just because of cost and everything else. You know, Simon Gotch we've talked with, but we're just trying to keep everything in budget and trying to make sure we got the right combination of people. Right. So it would be a lot of guys, a Stefan Bonner, you know, if he's available. So we, we, we like to get that mix of MMA and, you know, shoot fighters together, you know, under one roof. And you know, especially with GCW going to be in town, a guy like Chris Dickinson, who uh, fought Cross at NBK Two, you know, he's definitely a guy that you know love to see versus a Graves, love yeah. to see versus a Tito. You know that there's a, there's a lot of big boys there when you when you when you got Cal Jack and you got Graves and you got Tito and you got Lawler and you got Dickinson so there's definitely going to be some some heavyweights you know throwing each other around so you know so, so we're excited about that you know the women's show reached out on Twitter uh we got a couple of girls Natalia Markova and Burt Vixen who worked the AEW dark shows yep. you know that will be around uh Christy James who I'm very high on and Obviously, Strella, Sandra Moon, and, and Maz, You know, we may see a uh, a big announcement regarding Maserati and Sandra Moon coming up very soon for that show. And, and I can tell you, there, there's no need to hide anything. It's going to be the main event. But we're gonna we're looking to make that uh, the biggest women's main event in FSW history. So, you know, we're kind of putting together. Ideas, concepts, you know, listening to what the two of them have to say about the type of match. So let's just say it's not going to be one fall 20 minute time limit and whoever wins, wins the title. So it's it's definitely going to be a big event and, you know, and as we're preparing all that with the FSW GCW show, it's like finding in place who's going to be there, you know, like I know, in Vegas, most likely the Chris Dickinsons and the uh, Nick Gages and the the Manders and Matt Justice and Starboy Charlie and Effie and Alley Catch, and you basically are looking at things. and And Chris Bay's made a request of somebody he wants to wrestle from GCW on that show, so you know. Cutthroat Cody's begging for Nick Cage, uh, Funny Bone. He wants to carve somebody up. So, you know, those are some definites that we're talking about. You know, a Remy Marcel, and Ice Williams. You know, we've talked about a, uh, a Survivor Series type Team FSW versus Team GCW, which gets, you know, four really good talents on each side, in uh, an elimination style match you know jay vidal for sure you know trying to set him up with effie uh to go one-on-one he, he got to work effie show with Ed Mania weekend yeah so hey sponsorships are available for that match jay vidal versus effie you, you know what i mean yeah and uh need to buy a lot of doors and and light tubes so i <laughs> you know, we're taking uh, sponsorships on your YouTube could be the one that Nick Gage breaks over somebody's head. You know, like a big piece of tape around it with your name sponsored by.
1: And then at the, at the end of the night, uh, like, uh, Oh, like uh, you'll see on uh, WWE. uh, They'll, they'll like cut out a piece of the mat and frame it. And then you can buy it. So if you sponsor, uh, you know, let's say a Nick Gage, you get that light tube piece and then he'll sign it for you and you get the blood on it and
0: There you go. <laughs> the blood's extra.
1: The blood's extra. <laughs> um you know, speaking of uh merchandising, is that something that uh crossed your mind in terms of possibly doing some kind of um you know uh special G C W versus FSW type T shirt?
0: You know, everything's on the table. And and the thing is, now we're only 30 days away. You you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's easy if that's the only show going on this month and we're really gearing toward that. But, you know, we got to show Friday. Then we got to show next Saturday. Then we got to show the next Saturday after that. Then we're taking the week off to prepare for everything that's going to happen. Right. Uh, You know, and again, I can't sit and cry about it. I'm watching GCW do this type of stuff, you know, every week or two and they're not doing it out of one spot and they're going to Indiana and they're going to Chicago and they want to go to LA and then they're going to Vegas. And it's like, man, you look at them. They're not, they're not like AEW. They're not like ring of honor. They're not like, you know, WWE, they don't have a thousand employees. Right. You know, That's why I consider ourselves like, you know, a GCW type company. You know, we're we're a company that's based out of Vegas that wants to grow as GCW did from the East Coast to making a name for themselves around there. But their staff is extremely limited. You know, it's like when they come to Vegas, you know, they need our production guys. They don't they don't have full time group you know there's a couple of guys kind of like what we have like with you know the joey and mikey and and things like that and and spider now and 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 a few but they're they're such a tight-knit group and you know and that's almost like the the model of what i look at and see what they're doing because we're nowhere near on that level of AEW. They, they got they got a $100 million budget. Right. You know, they, they do whatever they want. And if it makes money, great. And if it don't make money, great. You know, they, they're hoping that in 10 years, they're going to be, you know, making as much money as WWE. Yeah. But they have money if they want to, which we said about TNA until Dixie Carter sold it because it never really progressed. Yeah. But they would just ship money in and and spend millions of dollars with it without any return. You know, GCW, ourselves, Defy, a lot of these, you know, groups that have kind of stepped outside the generic independent wrestling scene to where, you know, may not be the biggest in the world, but we still do have a good fan base outside of Las Vegas. And you know that's what we're looking to continue to grow. You know, hopefully in the eighty, so I can do it for another twenty-five years. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, with
1: with that idea of growth, um, you you obviously uh, are looking at trying to catch the eyes of enough people around the country. To solidify, you know, potential travel, or at least enough eyes to uh, to establish that larger base on a regular basis. How hard is it for you to balance that idea of growth with looking at the talent that you have and making sure that that talent? kind of would fit that type of growth because obviously a lot of guys when they hit a certain level then they are going to move on to a bigger company so is it kind of a one hand you know is kind of scratching one back and the other hand's kind of scratching the other back so that people start following FSW, get to know the product, get to know the wrestlers, and then as that wrestler might move on to a bigger company, then the flip kind of happens where the people who see those wrestlers and figure out that they come from FSW then will turn around and start watching the FSW product because of the attention brought to the major companies by guys who were there. Is that something that you're already seeing in guys like Cross and, um, and Zoe Stark, uh, you know, getting her opportunity in X- NXT, Chris Bay teasing Bullet Club just uh, the other day. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of attention being shined on those guys. Are they bringing that shine back onto the FSW product, essentially?
0: Well, it started from the process of day one when we would run a show. Uh, You know, the very first big show we did at the Silver Nugget, we brought in Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Well, Superfly was 60-something years old. He was obviously not capable of doing the super cool, crazy stuff he did, but he was Superfly Snooker and we his son was deuce for people who don't know in wwe deuce and domino and he had trained with us when rush was running his school so when we were putting stuff together you know i hit up deuce wanted a match for disco inferno and we had superfly and his son over at the mall doing a signing the day before and it was good for us. We ended up selling a decent amount of tickets there and made people aware of, of the wrestling and stuff. And I always remember to this day, there was like a grandfather there with his young kid, well, I guess his grandson. And he was like, yeah, when I was your age, I saw Jimmy Superfly snooker on the top of the cage. <laughs> and, and it was kind of passed on down. And my philosophy from day one was, bringing in superfly Snuka and bringing in the godfather and bringing in these these legendary names as much as you could because i knew when they came to our show and got to see the reno scum and they got to see if you didn't know who kenny king was and you kind of knew disco from wcw so he was always a mainstay from day one My goal was to provide the best show we could. That way, when they came in and Jimmy Superfly Snooker wasn't there, they would still want to come to the show. They're like, oh, shit, that Brian Cage guy, man, he's good. Sean Ricker, oh, that guy on the microphone's awesome. I could see him doing something. Because when I heard Sean Ricker the first time, my thought was, man, this guy's a major league wrestler. So my idea was to stack the card and then try to bring in a name guy. And and hope that that name guy makes people say, oh, shit, watching the commandos and the scum. Oh, what a great tag team match. And, and we also mixed it in. And like I said, I remember handing out flyers the first day, you know, first show and probably Kenny King might have been the biggest name we had. And people would look at it and they would let it literally let it drop on the fucking floor. Right. Like, man, you're a wrestling fan. And there's no there was no respect for independent wrestling. So as we fast forward, and then all of a sudden people get behind a guy like Kevin Cross, and then he ends up you know putting over a guy like Chris Bay, and then they see a Brian Cage and they see the scum and they see all these guys that are getting signed. You know, after Zoe Lacey won the tag title, it was like so. Our heavyweight champion, one of the biggest champions we've ever had, the guy, you know, born and bred FSW, he's the NXT champion. Then we got Lacey, and she's the have the tag team champion. But then we go around, and Sean Ricker is the million-dollar champion. <laughs> and then we may not have used him 100 times, but I was one of the first people on the West Coast to use Shane Strickland when we did the IWF in Phoenix. So we also used him – again, with AR Fox and we used him in the tournament. And I always remember very grateful, you know, when I was congratulating, you know, Shane for being signed. And he was like, Hey, you know, I just want to thank you. I really appreciate you being one of the first guys, you know, to, to bring me in. And it's like, well, he's now the North American champion. And it's like, you know, whether we trained Lacey and Kevin and Bay but Brian Cage was the FTW champion. It's like, Brian Cage was with us literally since 2009. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And it's like, we're hoping that people see that. And of course we do. And, you know, when you go on Twitter, you see that more so than the Facebook. Because Twitter is more of the wider range. Right. You know, you know and Facebook is, is kind of, you know, more one-on-one or, or, or putting it out while Twitter is basically all over the place. And knowing that, hey, Chris Bay, and Chris Bay goes on impact, and Josh Matthews, because we have a good relationship with helping them out, he didn't go out of his way to say where Ace Austin trained, but they say, hey, Chris Bay from Las Vegas trained at Future Stars of Wrestling. Right. You know? Lacey, they may say, because it's WWE, whole different game, they may say, Oh, Lacey from Las Vegas, Nevada, but they're not gonna generally use our name. Right. While Impact has done that. You know, when we had our shitty tag team belts, not even the FSW ones, and the scum were our champions, they showed up at Impact and the first thing they were presented as was Future Stars of Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Well, if Impact feels that it's good enough to say future stars are wrestling on their TV, they're saying it like means something. Right. So we got to make sure it means something. We have to capitalize on that and perception is everything in professional wrestling. So the perception is, you know, go look at the impact locker room. We joke about how so many of our guys, you know, you know, have wrestled through there. And then now there's the next crop of people so you saw chris bay but now you can see a jay vidal and now you see a matt Vandergriff, and you see a damian drake and you saw seffa fatu and like oh wait seffa is gonna get somewhere and he puts us over and people are gonna be like oh shit another guy out of fsw yeah and you know i always laugh when it was like well you know that guy got trained by blah 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 well I put over our school, I put over our trainers, I put over our students, but there's a hundred guys that trained at FSW and they suck worse than anything in the world and they never made it. Right. But the perception is, oh, I guarantee you, because I know for a fact there's guys who've gotten booked by saying they trained at FSW and they're the drizzling shits. They lasted a month or two. They 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 weren't good enough to do anything. They never got a match on my show, right? You know what I mean. So it's like easy to say, oh, you know, he's a great trainer. You know, he's talked. It was uh, Scott Casey lived in Vegas and trained with uh, Rush back in the day. Well, Scott Casey's claim to fame is he trained Booker T and uh, and Stevie Ray. Yeah. Well. If Kevin Cross went to my school and I had no trainer and I trained him and I have no ability to train somebody, yeah. Oh, Joe DeFalco trained Kevin Cross. Doesn't mean anything. Like, you know what I mean? It's great to have a great trainer, but it's up to that person. It's like, you know, I always laugh and it was like, oh, well, you know, uh, a lot of the guys now through Jordan Oasis and Nick Wayne. You know, they were trained at the Buddy Wayne Academy and the Danica Girl, and, and, and they have a good pedigree. Same thing with Santino Brothers. But there's also a 100 guys from Santino Brothers that paid their dues and never got a wrestling match. Yeah. You know, so just be aware of that when you're, you're looking to book talent. And if the first thing they say is, well, you know, I trained at FSW, and there's no matches, no YouTube, <laughs> You know, odds are that they're not really wrestlers on FSW. They just paid some dues.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that that makes a, a lot of sense. Um, speaking of paying dues, um, so... Yeah, a lot
0: of guys are behind, yeah. <laughs>
1: this is the new segment of the DeFalco Files, where we start calling out guys.
0: <laughs> Call out the Suavecitos. Pay, give me some fucking money, yo. <laughs>
1: Um, when you look at, uh, some of the, um, the wrestling for the past, uh, oh, let's say two weeks or so, there's been a lot of, uh, movement on the, uh, national companies for guys who, uh, have been in FSW, including Zoe winning the tag titles a couple of weeks ago. Um, so Cross gets his big, uh, Raw debut, which was, you know, hyped on the show but not pre-hand um, and a lot of fans are just shitting all over the fact that he is the NXT Champion he comes up and he loses Jeff Hardy what were your thoughts on seeing the match and as a promoter as uh, someone who knows booking pretty well obviously there's more to come but did you find it odd that the baby face in the match actually cheats to win that particular match and does that keep a guy like Cross strong going and you know losing to a guy like Jeff Hardy who has that pedigree but it's not a clean win.
0: Well first off, he lost to Jeff Hardy, he didn't lose to Brandon G, okay? <laughs> That's the first thing. Number 2, Nobody is gonna remember that he lost to Jeff Hardy if at SummerSlam he kills Jeff Hardy in 40 seconds. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's like most people are jumping to the conclusions like, oh, I can't believe Cross showed up on Raw and he lost to Jeff Hardy, like as if he's just gonna go back to NXT and never be seen on Raw again. Right. You know as much as I don't care for most of the WWE booking, you know what I mean? It's like, they're probably trying to do something different. You know, Kevin's been, you know, put across as this monster, no Scarlett. Interesting. You know, we don't know the inner workings of why they're doing stuff, but you know, she posted on Twitter, you know, this is just the beginning, blah, 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 blah. So, they, they, they basically set it up to where maybe she's the missing link for him. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe, you know, she's got to be the Elizabeth. You know, Jeff Hardy has been putting over people for the last six months and mainly been on main event. Now, he shouldn't be. You know, why aren't people shitting on the fact that Jeff Hardy's losing to everybody on the roster? Right. You know what I mean? obviously there's the passion of the cross fans and everybody you're hearing from in most cases is vegas fsu kevin cross fans you know i read i look at things you know i see the dirt sheets and it's like you know it seemed like they made it seem like he they popped for the announcement he was going to be there and then they were claiming that there wasn't really much of a response for him during the match and it's like well okay he's new to a lot of people a and the match didn't last two minutes right so you know they 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 had him whip Jeff Hardy's ass for two minutes doesn't matter the bottom line is he lost but look at it this way so if he goes in steamrolls Jeff Hardy a guy who's been losing all the time and wins nobody's talking really much about it today right all of a sudden he cuts this promo after he loses what the fuck's up next now maybe at least there's some more intrigue on what's going to happen you know a lot of times it's weird it's like okay all these guys get brought up from NXT and they're always going to win squash matches against their first few opponents like they brought Keith Lee back and he kind of got dumped and lost clean you know now all of a sudden it was like oh they're they're making sure Keith Lee put somebody out on his way out, you know, one and done. He came in against Lashley, gets his ass beat, never see him again. And now the reports today are he's back on the raw roster. You know, he had some kind of, you know, issues, whether it was medical, physical, mental. We don't know yet. But. <clears throat> as I try to explain to the younger talent, there's only eight or nine wins
1: on
0: a show right now when you have Roman Reigns on a show and you have Randy Orton on a show and you got AJ Styles on a show and you got the young guys that you're building up on a show there's only so many wins yeah so what does WWE do in their situation well they run a bunch of shows so I beat you next week you beat me then we do a tag match, and I beat you, and then you beat me back in a six-man, and then we have a blow-off match at the pay-per-view, but then we have a rematch the next night. So there, there there's never, it's just, they should call it, a, be a good name for a movie, the never-ending story. <laughs> you know, that's a name for a movie. Because <laughs> WWE is about, you know, it's easier for us because it's easy for us, but it's also hard for us. I always remember, like, okay, so we set up for everything the big event at Samstown. And now the big event is against all odds, and the winner of the Rumble wrestles Hammerstone. Well, the first year, Chris Bay won, and then he wrestled Hammerstone, and he lost. Okay. Now, the next year, Chris Bay wins the Rumble again. Well, guess what? Now we're going to have to have the match later on. If Chris Bay loses again, he's kind of done. Chris Bay wins, he becomes the heavyweight champion. Well, if we're doing a, a big show at Samstown the next month, do we really want to see Hammerstone and Bay again? Right. No. So if you look at a lot of cases, especially in FSW, when the champion loses the title at the big show, he doesn't get that rematch. Right. We're trying to build to a new thing. You know, it's more of that old school WWE booking where we have a feud. I win the feud. You now go on to do something else. And we don't touch for a while. Right. You know, it was like uh, a couple of weeks back, uh, a month or two ago, we did Sandra Moon and Strella Number one contendership. Okay. We had kind of a, a weird finish. So I felt the story wasn't finished to be told. Right. So we ended up in the uh, no DQ match, much better, came off strong. Now the next, not even the next show, two weeks ago, Maserati was unable to be there. So this is after the anniversary show right. and we're putting together cause we got some, you know, what girls are we going to use and Brent Thorne was going to be there. And one idea was a four way match. But I really didn't want to put Strella and Sandra Moon in the same four-way because they—they've told their story, right? You know, they'll tell it again someday. But it's like I need to keep them away. It, there's a reason for stipulations. When a loser leaves town match and the guy shows up three weeks later, that's not what you're. You know, I I, I try to like be a. I am a wrestling fan. So right. I try to book things the way I think that certain things are fucked up that I don't do them. Yeah. Like to the average fan, a lot of things that we can do that either repeat themselves or we do things, you know, the fans are gonna give us a slide, they're gonna give us pass, they're fans. You, you know what I mean? But when I look at it and it's like, why would we do that? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we got a blood feud, for example. And that the baby face, man, he's gotten rocked. Jay Vidal got killed by Gregory Sharp. Now they have a match. Gregory Sharp gets introduced. Jay Vidal comes out and now he walks the, the aisle. High five and everybody. Bah, 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 bah. Well, why wouldn't Jay Vidal run in and beat the fuck out of this motherfucker? Right. Because he hates so much because this guy fucking tried to ruin him tried to put him out of wrestling and those little things like that i i I try to make sure that they don't happen and you know and for josh you know for jay vidal's credit he didn't do that i was just using him as an example right because people believe in the passion. You know, when Hyper Street became Gregory Sharp, it, it, it was a big transition. And here was a guy who didn't talk, wore a mask, was babyface, crowd liked him, liked him a lot. I'll be honest, I never loved the Hyper Street character because I, I was a fan of Gregory Sharp because I knew from the past how good he was on a microphone. Yeah. How he could, you know, implore passion. And, and, you know, like, it means a lot to him, the business. Right. You know? And feeling slighted and doing those promos that he couldn't do his hyperstreak. And he went from, you know, a a pretty well-liked babyface to now a despised heel because... It was Jay Vidal, yeah. who was one of the highest rising young stars in the business. And, you know, I'm sitting in commentary and a little backstory, You know, Sharp has been with us for a very, very long time. Right. Okay. And Sharp has been a guy who always was on the move. You know, here was a guy I remember oh yeah, I'm gonna be hitchhiking across the United States, going to different towns and training to wrestle. And I'm like, dude, you're gonna hitchhike? You know, I'm sure, you know, no offense, but hitchhiking in Alabama might not be the best thing for you to do, okay? And he traveled and he went to Korea and he's gone all over the world. So in FSW, even though that was his home, He was in, he was out. He was in, he was out. He was in, he was out. Six months in, eight months out. Three months in, two months out. And when it came to make decisions on championships, he was never the guy. Right. You know? But if I did a future shock, Greg Sharp would be the first guy I'd put him in with a young guy who was looking to get out there because Greg had the patience. There were certain guys who, if they wrestled with some of the younger guys and they fucked things up, they'd want to fuck them up. You right. know what I mean? Right. Well, Greg's had some matches with guys that it was their first match. And I'd be like, hey, Greg, being that it's a student show, it's not a typical high octane where this kid's going to come in and get thumped in 45 seconds. We want to see what this kid has to offer by giving him a little bit of offense and Greg was the perfect guy. It'd be like, Hey, Greg, give him a little bit. And if he does well, give him a little bit more. Sure. You know, we'd be open on, Hey, it's about five minutes. If he shits to bed, put him away, match over, no harm, no foul. If he's doing well, you know, let's see, let's see it continue. And he was always that go-to guy. The, the guy off the bench. He was the guy who could play every position. You could plug him in here, plug him in there, and he's going to give you one hundred and twenty percent. But as time passed and the years passed, he saw the flavors of the month. The guys that got hot, they got championships. Yeah, and they got the matches. And early on, you know, Greg got a match with Paul London and he did a tremendous job at the Silverton. He got to main event with Brandon Gadsden at the Silverton when the following made their return. He was always around doing really good things and doing, you know, but what I didn't know was, you know, he felt that he was overlooked, that he was that, he was that good guy and maybe being too nice allowed him or allowed me to keep him kind of like right there i always knew he was there and never maybe gave him a little extra and when he he cut the promo you know about 12 years and it was never me there was a lot of truth to it yeah so there's a reason why it was believable because deep down there's a feeling that i'm as good as that guy i've been around nine years why is that guy who's been around three years Why is he getting the big push? Why, you know, even if it is a guy like Chris Bay, but it it was always somebody who got there, you know? With Sharp, you know, maybe he was that forgotten guy, you know? And, And there was an incident where I walked, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And it was pandemic time, of course, and everything. And we were at, I was at Smith's, and I hadn't seen or heard from him in a long time. And all of a sudden, I saw him, and I was like, "Oh, I—I I, I even forgot what I said." But it, it was kind of the times of, "Hey, you know what happened? You got lost. We haven't seen you." And as he's walking by me, he goes, "I've been busy," and he just walks right past me and doesn't say another word. Wow! And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and I had heard there was an incident over an issue on a. Facebook post and I know Remy talked to him and we talked out things and you know again it became perception how he felt that he gave a lot to the company but felt maybe it wasn't reciprocated on my end right and you know the funny thing is I wouldn't I don't tell him because why would I tell him But when we would have an issues with a junior coach or we would just have people that just didn't get along well with the people. You know, I would always say, and many people can confirm that, that I said, I wish everybody was a trainer like Sharp because it would make my life so much easier because he was always patient, willing to listen, always wanting to help yeah. and things like that. But he didn't feel that from the way things were. And, and after that, you know, things became a lot better, and, you know, he deserves to get the focus, but he also needed to understand, it's like when you're in and you're out, and you're in and you're out, and you're in and you're out, and he went to China, and he went to Korea, and he went to Mexico. Like, this dude literally went all over the world yeah. to try to better himself. Like, he looked at it as like, hey, I'm carrying the flag of FSW, you know, in his mind, you know, because he came to us, I thought he was 22, 23. The dude was like 18, 19 years old. Like he trained with uh, Jesse Hernandez at EWF, but I remember him walking in and he was said he was from Louisiana and he had some training and blah, 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 you know? So, you know, he's literally been with us for nine or 10 years. He's one of the most tenured guys. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why sometimes as a wrestler, you need. You need to be aggressive, but you need to, you need to have that confidence in yourself. And I've always been an open door for anybody who wants to talk to me. It's not my fault that people are afraid to. Right. You, you know what I mean. Right. It's like I've had up and down relationships with tons of guys. You know, even the Remy's and the Cody's of the world. But they know I'm going to be a hundred percent honest, and I know that they're going to be 100% honest. And, you know, and sometimes, sometimes there's the clash. You know, with Remy, there's always been clashes because as part of the office, he's also a wrestler. Right. So at times, he sees their side but doesn't really see the reasoning why this guy who's really good as a youngster but never seems to be around doesn't get on a show and you don't see him other than at the show and then is wondering why he's not on the show. Right. Because you're never fucking around. I don't care that your physical skills may be better than that guy, but that guy works hard. He does what's needed and he shows up. And when we have Ring Crew and set up and it isn't always at the school and it's somewhere else, you know, guys like Nick Xander, guys like Brett the Threat. You know, early on, we'd have an event somewhere. They were there. They were there. And as they, you know, progressed, they got, you know, they were hands in, you know, they, they were far ahead of that new crop of, of, of students, Right. you know. But now they were getting spots that people that been there, you know, two years, and they've only been there eight months. Weren't getting because they earned it. Yeah. And, and, you know, this business is, is earning things. Yeah. And as students, they get gifted a lot more than they should. You know, you go to Santino brothers and you train. And a lot of times they're not doing shows. So the, you train there. Now you do well. Okay. You're a good trainee. Now, Santino's ain't running a show. Where are you booked? Right. Well, now you and 20 other students from 20 other schools are going to contact a place in Arizona, a place in California, a place in Vegas. Hey, I want to wrestle on your show. Well, yeah. Everybody wants to wrestle on somebody's show. That's the goal of being a wrestler. And because of that, guys like Adrian Quest and guys like Brandon Gatson and... The Midnight Heat are finally making their debut. They've been wanting to be on the show for years. Yep. And it isn't because they aren't good enough. It's because I'm trying to make sure that Sky High and Creature Feature and Suavecitos and now Chase and Nick and whatever it is, they're getting on the shows and there's only so many spaces. Right, And hopefully none of them believe that they're getting the spot because they're better than those teams. They're getting the spot because they put in the effort here and they're deserving of those spots. Right. And a lot of times they'll get those spots to the betterment of what I think they deserve because, okay, yeah, it's easy to work hard, but it's really difficult to do everything. It, it's easy to work hard and get good if you put in the time and effort, but you also see the guys that don't want to make an effort after the show's over they kind of bail early. Oh, I got to work. Oh, I'm going to be late for call time. It's like everybody on show day is generally going to be there because they want to be on the show. Right. You know? But it's kind of like taking those tests. Like, you know, the test should be the important thing. Not that you did your homework. right? You, you know what I mean, it's a combination of everything. Well, the test isn't the show. The test is your homework and see how far that, that, that you've done everything. You need to do all the other stuff to prepare you for that big test. Right. And that's grabbing guardrails. That's helping out. That's grabbing the water in the swamp cooler. That's not letting the garbage overflow. It's not being at training three days a week, and then you show up the day before tra- the show that way you're making your face seen And you think that like I'm a fucking idiot And I haven't seen You know there's a couple guys And it's like hey well, what? I, you know, I wouldn't mind working this guy I'm like this motherfucker hasn't been around Since the anniversary show Right So unless he's coming in after I leave Every day he's not here But guess what I actually have a brain And Nick Xander's there all the time Hey Nick have you seen Blah 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 No, I haven't seen him in a while. That's all I need to know. Right. You know, you want to be a wrestler or do you want to be a worker at your particular field that you're at? Because you're not having the ability. You know, how can you be a professional wrestler? And want to work shows and have skills, but never make it down for training because of your... Job that you hate and don't want to be a part of, but you have to do it to pay your bills and everybody's got to pay their bills and you got to have a job. But can't you get a job that maneuvers you around the ability to do what you want to do? Yeah. You know, not everybody's going to be Chris Bay and say, you know what? I'm going to be fucking broke. I ain't working. I'm going to be a fucking star. The guy went through a lot of struggles because he couldn't keep a job what do you mean? I can't go to my show. Fuck you. I quit. You know, that dude had more, I quit jobs than, than anybody in a, in a, in a, in a six month period. So finally it was like, he just grinded working shows here and there. He got good enough and didn't take that job. Like he put all the eggs in one basket, never recommend that to anybody. But Chris Bay did that, you know, cross didn't, you know, he worked for bodyguard and, working as a bouncer, you know, he always made sure there was income coming in with the long-term goal of, I'm going to be a star. Chris Bay, it was all or nothing. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And I always remember we had a seminar with Brian Kendrick and he talked about being the, the, the first guy in the last guy out and losing a lot of jobs because if it was training, working shows or going to regular work. Oh, well, fire me then. I'll go get another job, right? Because his dream and his goal was to be a professional wrestler. You're not a professional wrestler when you're going from town to town and you're making gas money to get there. You're a professional wrestler when you're cage. You know, you know. Brian Cage was a guy who had a job, and then as he got bigger and bigger and bigger, he didn't have to work jobs anymore. And wrestling became his job, which now made him a professional wrestler. Right. Go on Facebook and telling a fellow student who's had 15 matches, you guys aren't professional wrestlers.
1: Yeah. It makes makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's something that perspective-wise a lot of times gets lost. Um, I also highly believe in – those very simple things that can be done, like, you know, taking out the trash, um, you know, making sure that things look nice. Um, I think a lot of people don't stress. Show this. some
0: value. Right. Show some value. Why, why me and you are equal wrestlers? Because in a lot of cases, the younger guys are. So, what's going to make me want to choose you over that other guy? And even if you're a little bit better, if you're a lazy fuck who just wants to do the bare minimum, I'm going to choose the guy who wants it and will do anything to get there. Right. Like I, some of the the best athletes, guys that you swear are going to be superstars, you know, everybody's got big eyes. I see a guy come in, big jack. There was this bodybuilder dude who came in. One time, I'm like, man, this is our next FSW champ. You know, two stop coming in because he didn't want to do the work. Yeah. You know, and- we had a guy recently, play professional basketball in the NBA, you know, seven feet. And, and he came in and haven't seen him after the first couple days. Somebody I know ran into him and claims that he's down at uh, the AEW school in Atlanta. So I don't know, but you know, he professional wise, he just disappeared. Right. Said a word, you know. After being there, when you know he told me, "Hey, blah 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 blah, I'm going to be here. Yeah, this is great," and then never saw him again. Yeah. Well, and and
1: and and that's a fair point too. Uh, you know, someone who if they have uh, a professional experience in another sport like football, basketball, etc., cetera, um, it's very much easier to get on the radar and get a phone call and say, Hey, why don't you come down here and train? You know, being that major companies will take and and put into the effort a guy like that who, you know, could easily be um, used for the name Moldy. value. Yeah, Exactly. Um, whereas if you're coming in as you know a 22 year old who works at uh, smith's and uh, bags groceries all day like you're not going to get on the radar unless you put in the work because you have no name value as it is also i think one of the huge things for me is that the space that you have it's your space it's the ring is your ring. The the uh, you know the backstage area, the 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 chairs, that everything in that building. It's karma to treat that space, pristinely because this is your dojo. Uh, you walk into a karate dojo. You true karate dojos are impeccable because every student takes value in the space. And I think that shows a lot. And I think a lot of guys miss that because that isn't talked about enough. I don't think that's, that's instilled enough. Uh,
0: I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I I think it is talked about. And I, I think that the individuals today uh, are different. They, 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 they want to be coddled, you know, Here's just a little something, okay? So we do our kids' class camp, okay? We got about five kids who come in two days a week, they get lunch, they get there. So one of the moms, she brings in a bunch of Otter Pops, you know, for the kids in the kids' class. Sure. Well, you can't hide the Otter Pops in the uh, office and then bring them out and be edible, so you gotta leave them in the freezer. So she puts them in on Saturday. Oh, no. And they're all fucking gone. I get it's hot in there. Bring your own fucking water. Like, why do you think those are yours? So the thing is, it wasn't three Otter Pops. It was 20 Otter Pops. So literally 20 people or 15 people grabbed the Otter Pop. Yeah. Like, one person thought, hey, I wonder if these are somebody else's Otter Pops. (laughs) Like, wow, hey, I can't believe Joe decided to put a bunch of Otter Pops in here for all of us to eat. Not a, First thought.
1: Not only that, Joe, but <laughs> if you're training to be a professional wrestler, and I don't care if you're 18, 26, 42 the fact of the matter is, is that one of the things, if you're a professional wrestler, you're probably not putting into your body otter pops. You know, I mean, if Joe was stacking the fridge. Hey, you're
0: you're putting in McDonald's uh <laughs> hamburger. What are they thinking?
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking if Joe's stacking the fridge, it, there's going to be stuff that is potentially, you know, helpful for you, uh, uh unlike, you know, something that's made for an 8-year-old kid, but you know, that's just me. Um uh, so let's talk a little bit about what's going on for the show on Friday. I know one of the biggest matches uh, for Matt Vandergriff uh, that he's had so far, I think, at FSW, or maybe even his career. In the what pre- do you
0: mean? He they, he had a tag title match. <laughs> he had a win.
1: I understand that. I understand we're that.
0: We're gonna forget. We're gonna forget that he he had to beat a team that had Kenny King and Shogun.
1: Yeah, true, true. But he's getting that. He's getting that opportunity now to show uh that his work and hard effort you know we're talking all about you know effort and guys who are really really growing and matt gets a chance to wrestle ice matt's made some fabulous and if people haven't seen it yet go check out his social media he's made some fabulous videos uh you know emphasizing the fact that uh the fire is burning in him and that fire is going to put out uh Mr. Williams and uh, melt that ice is this something that you get very excited to see when guys are given the opportunity and then take that ball and start rolling with it so that they're essentially making it an even bigger deal and not just waiting for you know you or or FSW to put out you know oh you should see this match type of stuff that they're just like you know what This is it. This is what I do. Let's hype it and let's get people excited.
0: You know, that's what has to be done. You know, the minute Kevin Cross started doing that, it started to follow suit with with a lot more people. So nowadays that there's only so much we can do. You know, everybody wants to be able to say, oh jay vidal gregory sharp what a what a great video package you guys did why don't you do it for me hey why don't you do it for me because there's only so many people who can do it and there's only so much time so if we're doing it for you awesome you know but that's gonna be one here one there one there there's a lot of time consumption involved that people don't seem to get Right. Like, oh, the show was Friday. Where are my pictures? Like, dude, fucking relax. You know, you're not the first fucking preference. You know, we'll get you your stuff. Hey, can you get me my match? Yeah, go to the link and do it yourself. It's not our job. We, can't, we have a million things to do. You need a match to go send to Ring of Honor or WWE. We're giving you the platform to download it. If you don't know how, learn how. Right. Because the social media savvy is what's getting people on people's radar. Oh. You know? And it's like all these guys you could tell anybody in the world with a flyer, hey, Ice Williams and Matt Vandergriff, you know, and I could put my little text, you know, the hottest wrestler in FSW takes on the longest reigning no limits champion. That's great. You know, that's as they like to say, it's 2D. You know, when you get to 3D and you get the guys going back and forth and why I'm going to win and why I'm going to win and you got no shot of taking my title, these are two guys, polar opposites. This guy was running in the tag division for months. This guy's been doing his thing. Now he's got a group with him. And it's kind of been helpful for him to keep the title. Now, Matt's partner gets hurt. And Matt, who we knew was, you know, solid as a singles wrestler, has won some huge matches over the last few months. You know, this is a collision course that was destined to happen. And it only increases the value of the match when Ice and Vandergriff make you believe that it's the most important thing on the show. So what's the most important thing on the show? Well, the one that I keep seeing stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Again, professional wrestling, you know, the midnight heat, they haven't been here, but they got the FSW background, you know, for, for the thing to cut their promo, introduce who they are. You know, they were in Vegas a lot for the PPW stuff. So there are people who are aware of who they are. There are the five tag team champions. You know, those are guys that are definitely a threat to Death Proof. Right. So, you know, we're trying to put that card together to where, you know, that's one of the best matches uh, you know, we've booked in a while Ice Williams versus Van de Yeah. You know, and, and then we got Lights, Camera, Faction. They, you know, they're going to work against Sky High and through the actions in the rumble, the shade and Strella, you know, a big intergender match and, you know, guys like hero and Judah, Matthew, I'm looking at my list, you know, Toa is going to go up against Nino black, you know, sure. they had a good battle in that four way yeah. and continued it a little at the, uh, when Nino lost Toa out of the rumble. rumble. Yep. So, we're trying to make stories make sense and people want to come to all the shows. It's easy to miss a can't-miss show or a can-miss show where nothing's right. really been promoted that well and like, hey, you know what? I'm going to save my money. They got a bunch of shows, Slam weekend. Well, if you love wrestling, we want to make sure, especially now because everybody's running, we want to make sure ours is the number one show on their minds sure every time not most of the time every time and if we're running against somebody we want to make sure they're coming to our show they don't want to have a choice they want to come to fsw oh shit what's fsw got going on oh shit there's no graves there's no hammerstone there's no class this week oh shit ice williams and vandegrift Oh, yeah, I used to go to PPW. Yeah, Midnight Heat, they're good. I oh, want them in Death Proof, cool. Oh, Strela and, and DeShade. Oh, Lights, Camera, Faction. I hate those motherfuckers. <laughs> Sky, awesome. Hope they beat their ass, yeah. you know? And then mixed in, oh, Hero Lou. Hey, that, that, that kid's going to be a star. You know, I, I like watching him, man. he He's fun. And who else is there? Hey, you never know. You know, you got to right. show up. You know, and it's like We're always going to have our core audience And things like that But again, if you start slipping You know, ask WCW What happened when they started slipping to WWE When, when, when they, they, they Massively took over they, they buried WCW Right, yeah You know, that's awesome that our guys Are working elsewhere and everything But we're protective Of my company Right. I only care that my company succeeds, you know, and if other companies are run, you know, please market it and please make sure you let other people know about the shows instead of just hoping that they see it on Facebook. Because when Remy Marcel or Matt Vandergriff or Jay Vidal or another shows and they're like, Hey, Jay Vidal, you're awesome. You know, when's the next show here? Oh, well that's next month. But, Next Friday, I'm going to be wrestling Eli Everfly at the FSW show. Yeah. Because regardless of what everybody wants to say and how much we talk about that our brand is out there, you know, there's a lot of people who come in and out of Vegas. There's a lot of people who don't really follow the independent scene and they may caught a flyer or they may heard from somebody. So as much as our crew likes to believe just because you're a wrestling fan you don't know fsw exists so we want to make sure and the way to do that is if well three other companies are going to run at least get the word out to other people that there's wrestling in town now it's up to the fans to decide who they want to see yeah and we always believe that nobody's going to want to see wrestling over our stuff so sure
1: um, and, and it makes a lot of sense, too. I think that um, you said something that was uh, kind of important, and that is, you know, the idea of you always want your product to be relevant. You want it to be at the forefront. You want it to be uh, something that people look at and say, hey, I want to see this. I want to watch this uh, 6 dollars for the network. I'll pay that. Because I want to see what's happening. And I think that translates to for the wrestlers who are trying to, you know, get their name out there and promote. Anytime you walk into a dressing room, you're not having things handed to you. Your match is your baby for that night. And you've got to treat it as such. And you've got to hope that the person you're working with. Has the same mentality that you guys are going to go out there and put on a killer match. And that's where reward comes from, is from the hard work and effort because you're putting your match on a pedestal because you want nothing else to be able to touch that. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, sort of gets lost in the uh, now the attitude of, uh, well, Hey, how come, uh, you know, we're going on third, you know, stuff like that, little stuff. And it's petty stuff instead of focusing on what matters. And that is what you're actually doing in the ring that night. Um, Your product, just like FSW is your product, your company as a wrestler you are your product. You are bringing it to the ring every night. You're bringing it to social media. You're bringing it to other promoters. That's what you're selling is you. Don't expect it to just be handed it you know, to you. You have to work at it. Um, as we kind of get ready to wrap up here, uh, let me ask you uh, this question, uh, which is kind of a uh, Kind of a a thing. I, I'd love to hear your your feelings on on this and that is uh, Slam Anniversary happening. Chris Bay was in the uh, the X Division, the Ultimate uh, X match. Uh, he did not win the match. Uh, it was a phenomenal match. Really good chemistry between the guys. A lot of innovative stuff. Uh, but on Facebook, I saw uh, Brad Reader in New York. And uh, his daughter, who is nine years old, was really upset that Chris Bay didn't win. Because she still is at that age of not really understanding what happens in terms of, you know, she still has that uh, wonderful children view of, you know, what wrestling is. For you, how, how is it when you see not only kids come in to watch the shows, but the interaction after uh, uh, you know a show ends or at the meet and greets. Uh, you know, watching the kids maybe come for the first time, and then you start seeing a face you know constantly uh, because that first time just lit a spark in them of oh my god, I want to you know I want to see this more, and parents you know willingly bringing them uh because they're so interested in it and and in some cases you know the kid wants to wrestle because they saw that and they get a chance to do that through the uh, the kids classes at fsw what does that mean to you in terms of uh, you know nowadays we tend to look at pro wrestling through the eyes of people on the internet from 30 years old to 60 years old who everything sucks except what they think is good and you have this tainted view and people keep forgetting that pro wrestling really is something for that child spirit that mind that gravity because that's what keeps it you know going is getting kids from you know 6 years old to 14 years old hooked on this product that eventually their kids will be hooked on
0: well I'm I'm a person who thinks you can look at it a thousand different ways okay it's like well first off I could have swore when I walked past my kids room he was crying when Chris Bay lost and he's 26 so you know emotion is the most important thing and it was like When I was a little kid, and I was eight years old and nine years old, and even when I was 18 years old, you know, I remember me and my buddy Sal watching WrestleMania. I guess it was four because it was Hulk Hogan against Ultimate Warrior. Six. Four or five. Six. Six. There you go. And we're there, and I went to my buddy Sal's house, you know, He lived in Connecticut because I worked there and I lived like an hour away. But I drove up to his place and his wife and their family, the sister or whatever. I couldn't even tell you who. You know, they're in the other room. They're not wrestling fans at all, you know. And we're going fucking nuts. Like when Ultimate Warrior won, I hated Hulk Hogan. Despised that dude. You know, I, I was never a fan of Hulk Hogan. You know, I was always the healed guy. Like Stan Hansen was my favorite wrestler ever. And that was when he was going up against like Bruno San Martino. you yeah. know. And when you're younger, you know, it's like watching a movie. People get emotional watching a movie, you know. I've had a lot of allergies watching This Is Us sometimes, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, you know, it's meant to draw you in. And if it's done well, it, it should be an experience. That's what makes you keep coming back for more, you know, to watch move after move after move. Like I, I can go to the, the students' classes and watch. I have no fucking interest. Like, oh, okay, we're going to practice arm drags. Well, that's great. You need to learn how to do them. But I'm not going to be enthralled by sitting there watching 14 guys do arm drags and nine of them suck because they just started and they don't really know how to do an arm drag. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like independent wrestling generally doesn't have a lot of young, young kids in there. Like the ones we have is generally because the parents love the wrestling and they bring the kids who then in turn become wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, I always found it weird, like, we have our kids class, and there's a handful who come to our shows, but a lot of them just want to do it, or they just, but they'll watch every WWE show, but they won't come to an FSW show. Right. And and that's weird to me, like, If I was 10 years old and I got to drop an elbow like the Macho Man that I used to do on my couch when I was 10 years old, (laughs) that I could actually do it in a ring on a giant crash pad, like, that'd be awesome. And then it'd be like, oh, shit, there's a show tonight? And there's a guy on Impact Wrestling that I watch? Yeah. Chris Bay's going to be at the show? Oh, this is fucking awesome. Or, hey, Matt Hardy? Like, I'm popping when Kevin Nash came to our show like and i wasn't the biggest kevin nash fan and i like the nwo and shit like that but it's like the kid in me is like and and the kid in me i'm 45 years old at that time right you know what? and it's like you know i started this late you know i was i wish i was 24 when i started a wrestling company and not not 44 you know and i remember and it was like hey bro you got a shirt when I I go out and it's like sure Mr. Nash and Mr. Nash walks out in an FSW t-shirt in my ring like fuck you know I remember 1999 and it was him and Razor and they went over and they were the outsiders and like that was like wrestling history and and this motherfucker is in my ring (laughs) wrestling for the heavyweight title of my company, you know what I mean? And it's like, or, or Matt Hardy and, you know, getting him for Mesquite. And then it was like, Hey, I got you a card signing. Oh, okay, cool. And I remember we went to uh, a restaurant. It's called the King and I, and it was, it's on shop by uh, the the Thomas and Matt. And the King and I was one of the first places I ate in Vegas. And my wife used to go there. So when we got, Married, we had the wedding reception in my backyard and the King and I catered our food. Wow. Uh, Chris, the owner, super cool dude, knew him for years. So I remember taking Matt Hardy to lunch because we were discussing like, Hey, you know, I'd really love to have you. And that was like the, the birth of Matt Hardy becoming FSW champion, yeah. you know, but it's like you step back and it's like, I'm having lunch with Matt Hardy about booking him on shows and becoming the FSW heavyweight champion. Like, how fucking cool is that, that as a wrestling fan, yeah. like 10-year-old me or 15-year-old or me or 25-year-old me, you know? It, it, it's, it's an incredible experience. And, like, to this day, sometimes it's, like, frustrating, it's aggravating because there's so much that goes into it And the day of the show is really the day that is my payoff. Right. It's, It's like, oh, I get to do the show. And then, like, for example, the anniversary show. Certain things happen. It's hot as fuck. You plan this. And now the anniversary show is a little different. We've done some shows, but it was the first show in a year and a half that we did it outside the venue. So much going on. That it, 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 that it was hard to enjoy. And then sometimes you sit back after the two days and like, man, is this shit fucking worth it? Like, there's so much annoyance when it goes into it. But then after the fact, it's like, oh, it's SummerSlam weekend, we got GCW coming in, it's gonna be great. Because, you know, if you're not a fan, you're not gonna do it. And if you're not a fan, you're not gonna succeed. Yeah, Because that's always been the biggest issue with Joe DeFalco, is that he doesn't treat it as a business per se. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's like, guys will fall behind. I'll still let them train. I'll still let them wrestle. I always want to make sure hey, if you're involved in a storyline and you're two months behind, I'm not pulling you from the show to kill the storyline. I'd rather wait to try to get the money than kill the storyline. Sure. And, and I'm always trying, and I'm always trying to you know make sure that the show is the show and it doesn't get affected by people who annoy me and sometimes people who don't show up but you know sometimes you got to put the foot down Kenny King's always said Joe's too nice and which is funny because a lot of people think I'm an asshole so it's kind of a, it's kind of crazy that it's the two ways that it is right but the people who know me know that I'm a very giving person and I'm always trying to look out for people and do the best for them, or when they're struggling and they need something that you try to help them out. You know, when Chris Bay didn't have dues, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, can't train no more. It's like, this kid's going to be a star. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know what? It's a few bucks. I'm not going to live without it. You know, yeah. I'm not going to not live without that money. You know, I'm going to still live my life. You know, 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there, 200 bucks there in the, in the big picture is meaningless. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, look at the stars who've come out, you know, and, and in most cases, a lot of these guys have struggled at different times financially or they struggled mentally or there's just so much going on. Yeah. And it's like, you know, between our fans who, you know, become best friends and hang out together that never knew each other from F. <laughs> the kids class, kids, you know, fuck Jace Battles married to a fan who used to come to shows and he's got a kid with her. You you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many, you know, so much camaraderie and, and there's so much of people being together and friends and lifelong friends that maybe would have never met if it does, if it wasn't for FSW. So, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends out of the school you know, just things like that, you know? And it's like, it, it's just amazing in the 12 years how, or where everything has gone from the guys who have made it, you know? Right. You know, the first five years. Oh, Future Stars Wrestling, Future Stars Wrestling. Oh yeah, you know, uh, Sean Ricker is great. And Brian Cage. And now you look at these guys and it's funny. It was like, you know, Kevin Cross, 36th birthday. Sean Ricker, they were like, L.A. Knight, 38 years old. It was like, those guys, it was 2009, 2010 when L.A. Knight, you know, and Sean Ricker, uh, Brian Cage was 2009. Yeah. You know, people think a lot of these guys are these overnight successes, but these guys grinded and drove, you know, five or six hours for a payday that didn't even, you know, cover their trip talking you know some local guys we're talking the brian cages and, and the la knights of the world and ryan taylor's and all these guys who ryan taylor was a guy that was going to be booked on my very first show in 2009 and it's 2021 and he was finally signed by wwe and last year he finally got a taste for new japan and ring of honor yeah so that guy in 2009, wasn't three weeks into the business. He was already probably a couple of years into the business, so it literally took him 13 years yeah. of annual paydays. But why did he do it? Because he loves wrestling, you yeah. know. And it's it's a hard journey, and it's and it's a hard job, and it's hard work. And that's what a lot of the you know those those big eyed you know those big eyed youngsters that walk in the door, you know. Look at Chris Bay, you know it took him two years like and he was frustrated that it took that long and it's like, bro, you are blessed
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely um and uh anyone watching and listening if you haven't signed up for fsw network it's six ninety nine a month
0: uh, three shows in a row three weeks in a row you're getting to see three shows for seven fucking dollars
1: yeah. And that's a high octane this Friday, and then next Saturday, the uh, 31st is Future Shock, and then uh, August 7th is another high octane, which is the uh, final high octane before uh, a little break uh, before SummerSlam weekend happens. Um, again, keep your eyes and ears posted uh, on FSW social media, on the website for uh, the announcements that uh, are being made over the next few weeks uh, for the uh, upcoming uh, future shock and high octane uh and then of course for uh SummerSlam weekend um you know the the biggest thing i think that you just said is uh fandom and uh, loving wrestling uh as much as uh, you know you do as much as the people who uh you know watch the product and, and love fsw Love other wrestling products as well that are out there. Um, It's very important that uh, people, you know, either continue to support or, uh, you know, find and grow the uh, fan base uh, because of the fact that you're looking at, boy, if you look at the past two weeks, you had a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, you had an AEW, you know, this weekend, next week, are you know like pay per view quality AEW shows. Uh, you had NXT's Great American Bash on TV, and then of course Raw and SmackDown and Money in the Bank. All these major things going down, and if you look, almost every single show had at least one person who has either come from or been involved with Future Stars of Wrestling, and it's just getting just getting bigger. Uh, I'll
0: tell you something that I I think is is quite interesting. I, I would believe that 2021, that more money has been spent on wrestling than it ever had in the past. Because companies like GCW are doing extremely well. Now you got AEW doing well and WWE and Ring of Honor's back doing stuff. And Impact, they're coming to Vegas in October. And they the face of wrestling has totally changed. I remember as a youngster watching wrestling and WWF. And basically, Randy Savage, the macho man, when he showed up, it was like he was a guy who just came from developmental. Like, you never... That any of these people Ever existed in wrestling Until they showed up in WWF yeah. Now you've got Kenny Omega He's got the AAA belt The Impact belt The AEW belt And Jay White shows up And hey, we never mentioned Chris Bay, rumored to be The newest member of the Bullet Club
1: Yeah. Yeah So,
0: you know, who knows In his feud with Lights Camera Faction You know What member of the Bullet Club might show up You know what I'm saying? But when it comes to that about the money being spent and so much on the independent stuff and the sponsorships, which we never saw before where people paying to see a match that they want and flying a guy in, you know, four or 500 bucks, you know, it's amazing. They talk about how unemployment and the pandemic, and it seems like more money is being spent now than it ever has before. Ever. Ever. Yeah. In, the, in the world of professional wrestling. It's like, I'm stunned every day. It's like, okay, we got no choice. We have to run FSW, GCW. They're doing Friday night, SummerSlam Saturday. So unless we did it on a Sunday, we have to do it Saturday, the day of SummerSlam. And it's like, fuck, that's not what I really want to do. And it's like, okay, we need to get people to get time. People are concerned pay-per-view starts at five, but everybody needs to be at Allegiant by three. It's like, fuck. And then all of a sudden there's a month to go and front first and second row are all sold out for a 12 o'clock noon show. So that surprises me. Now we're going to see when tickets for natural born killers go on sale, are people going to want to come out Friday night after the GCW show to watch a show at 11 p.m. It is Vegas. The city never sleeps. You know, if Joey Janella can run a midnight show, why can't we run an 11 o'clock show? But it is, it's nerve-wracking wondering, you know, you're bringing in these guys. It's going to cost a good amount of money. Too much wrestling. You know, I see there's a show Thursday. There's a few shows Friday. There's all these other companies that don't run that are trying to come in. And it's like, it, will it work? Will it succeed? This isn't Wrestlemania week right. You know, where there's a hundred companies In town and there's things going on all week This is WWE They're running a house show Friday in Phoenix So they're just coming to Vegas for Saturday And they're gone yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, how many fans are coming in? Hey, are they going to lock it down by the time it's uh, Summer weekend yeah. so, I, I, There's a meeting in 30 minutes I guess they're going to tell us we have to wear masks again. So why did I bother getting the vaccination when I was told, you don't need to wear a mask once you get the vaccination. Now we're blaming the unvaccinated people. But if I'm vaccinated, it shouldn't fucking matter.
1: Yeah, it's a confusing. That's for another
0: another podcast show.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think that, you know, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of... um... There's a lot of income going into uh, the uh, current products that are out there. There's more access than ever to wrestling. I think that uh, I think that fans uh, saw without being able to be at live shows for such a long time, the desire and want uh, got more built up, and uh, also more time to spend on the internet and on streaming devices to watch the different companies across you know the nation. So. There's a lot going on, um, and again, uh, everyone, please, uh, you know, support FSW, uh, you know, look at their social media to find out any new announcements coming up, um, and again, stuff like Natural Born Killers, the uh, feature women stars of wrestling show, uh, it's just going to be big stuff, uh, you know, and of course, like we said, GCW, FSW is going to oh. be very huge, and going down on that Saturday SummerSlam uh, at uh, 12 noon. So if you're across the country and you can't get to Vegas, check it out uh, on Fight TV. And, uh, you know, it's it's exciting, and uh, we're looking forward to High Octane this Friday. And until then, everyone, please uh, support the Vegas Bad Boys podcasting, and uh, we uh, appreciate your time And we will see you guys next week. So long.